This is Michael Lombardo. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. Um, sort of how we do it here is we have guests come in from all over the world. We have interviews, but also my desire is to kind of just go into revelations that have changed my life. And I am entitling this episode, One Encounter Changes Everything, because that's been my experience. I grew up with religion. I grew up with just knowing scriptures and knowing, you know, you need to do this and don't do that with a, you know, a bunch of rules and be, you know, be quiet in church and, you know, especially growing up in Catholicism and, you know, but there was also this, um, you know, like a vibrant faith, um, from my mother and, you know, seeing my dad when I was 14 years old experience God and changing overnight. And so I knew that there was, um, a reality to the gospel and a reality to the word of God and Christianity. But I've never, you know, when I was 14, 15 years old, I just thought my parents were crazy. I thought people at church were crazy. I thought there were Christians and then there was them. Like they were just Jesus freaks. They just took it to a whole nother level. Why are you at church all week long? How come you're always praying? How come everything's going to end up in a prayer meeting? How come we can't just have a normal conversation? Can we talk about anything else but the Bible? And why are you using words like repentance and sanctification and justification? Words that I've never, I have no clue what they mean. They go in one ear and out the other. And so it wasn't experiential for me. Growing up, it was just more about form and function, religion, do's, don'ts, etc. And so it was one encounter with Jesus that changed my life. And yeah, you can grow up in church. And yes, you could have a measure of faith. And yes, you could have a relationship with the Lord without having a dramatic encounter with God. But I truly believe in my heart that encounters are our inheritance. Jesus died on the cross. You know, he shed his blood, his body was broken, not only to get us to heaven one day, but so that we could have a deep friendship with him on the earth so that heaven could be a reality on earth. You know, we experience so many evils in life. There's there's so many dark circumstances or traumatic things that take place. And he is our ever present help in times of need. Like it says in the book of Psalms, he is Emmanuel, God with us. He is the Holy Spirit inside of us. He is our daddy, our Abba, our father. And so a scripture that I absolutely love, and it's actually the way the apostle Paul ended um, his epistle to the Corinthians in second Corinthians um, verse 13, I mean, chapter 13, verse 14, excuse me. He said, may the grace of Jesus Christ and may the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And for me, this is an amazing scripture because the three dynamic revelations that have completely um, altered my way of living and thinking is my, my revelation of the grace of God in a tangible, experiential way, how Jesus has lavished grace on me when I didn't deserve his mercy, his grace, his kindness. Uh, you know, he is, he is, you know, showed me his grace in such an amazing way and the love of God that surpasses knowledge, you know, that our father, independent of our behavior, that we can't make him love us more and we can't make him love us less. It's this unconditional love that never wavers. Understanding that in our mind, but also experiencing that that in our hearts is so key and that there is this fellowship with the Holy Spirit, this communion, this partnership with the Holy Spirit that is living, that is active, that um, empowers our lives, that anoints our lives to to live supernaturally. And so I love that scripture in Second Corinthians. And I've, I've been to Bible school and I've preached in churches, you know, all over the U.S. and overseas. And I've been to over 12 countries doing missions work. And so I've experienced believers in all different walks of life and 
One time specifically at Christ for the Nations Institute where I went to Bible school, there was this young guy who was always sitting around and he wanted to debate theology, right? Always wanted to talk about predestination. He always wanted to talk about one saved, always saved. And, you know, he was very strong. He was very, he was always sitting down with new people trying to convince them of this and that, the reality of hell, etc. And I remember I was newly saved only a year, year and a half, and I just wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, I believe in theology. I believe that we need to have sound doctrine, but I was just wanting to grow in my relationship with Jesus. I was spending most of my time in the prayer room at Christ for the Nations and on the street, you know, in downtown Dallas, preaching and sharing the gospel. I just didn't have time for arguments and and debating about theology. And so every time he sat down with me, I would just look him in the eye with love and just say, hey, listen, man, that's great. That's cool. But it's all about Jesus, you know, and I could just tell his his eyes. He was just frustrated with me like, man, how come this guy won't talk to me? And how come I can't strong arm this guy, you know, into having a debate with me or conversation? And I would just always look at him and say, man, it's just about Jesus. Let's just love him. Let's love people around us, you know, and then he would just get frustrated. But one day he came up to me and he was just like, listen, there's something on you. There's something different about you than other believers that I bump into. And then he invited me over his house and he pulled out this huge King James study Bible, the size of your head. And he threw it on the table in front of me. And he was just like, man, I used to pride myself in how much I knew with how many people I could persuade to believe the Bible, how I believe the Bible. And he was like, it was just pride. It was just arrogance. And he said like, he was just like, but when I met you and you wouldn't talk with me about these things, again, the arguments with me about these things, like I just, I felt the presence of God in our conversations. I see light in your eyes, life in your eyes. And he literally came to a place of repentance where he was just like, I, I need more, like pray for me. Like I, I, I don't know what to do. I want to change. And for me, it was an eye opening moment. And there's, you know, there's, there's a difference between head knowledge, having a bunch of facts and figures or, or theology figured out in your brain. And there's a difference between, you know, having that knowledge and that understanding staying in your head. Um, and, and there's a difference between having it go into your heart and having it becoming a living reality. And that doesn't come from just, you know, saying, Oh, I want to, I want to learn about the Bible and I want to be the guy that knows the most about the Bible. And I want to be, be the guy in front of the church that is preaching and everyone says amen. And everyone, you know, shouts and gets excited or whatever. It's saying like, no, more than anything else, I want to know Jesus. More than anything else, I want to live with him and for him. And I want to get to know him and I want to hear his voice. And I want this to be alive in me. When that is your heart posture, when that is your desire, when that is your longing, then he will come and he will meet you in that place. Heaven is his footstool. You know, it talks about heaven being his throne and earth being his footstool in the, in the book of Isaiah. But then it says that he dwells with those who are of contrite heart and who are humble and who are broken. And I want to be the one that experiences him. I want his dwelling to be with me. And so, and that's my desire for you as well. That's when you experience the richness of the kingdom. That's when you experience the reality of God, when that is your heart and your desire. It says in Psalm 1611, in his presence, there is fullness of joy and at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And so many people think like pleasures, God, like that doesn't fit together. God is all about making me do this or that rules, regulations, um, being quiet in church, etc. But no, God is full of joy. He made joy. He made dance. He made music. 
There is so much pleasure in getting to know God. And let me just share with you a little bit of my story so you kind of know where I'm coming from. You know, I was a hedonist. I was a pleasure seeker. I was just sleeping around and I was doing drugs and I was, you know, not just weed, not just drinking. I was taking ecstasy, acid, mushrooms. Ecstasy was actually one of my favorite drugs. It was, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's called the love pill. It just makes you bold. It makes you feel bold, say things and do things that you wouldn't say, you know, otherwise. And it makes you just want to love people and hug people and you know it's very sensory and so I was high all the time all right and I was just looking for the next fix I was looking for the next high and so you know I pushed God away I pushed the Lord away I wanted nothing to do with Christianity I wanted nothing to do with God and then you know, sin is fun for a period of time, but then I came to that place where it was just like, I'm just not having fun anymore. There was just brokenness. There was emptiness. I got into two car accidents that almost took my life. I was doing drugs, but it wasn't bringing the joy anymore. There was just an addiction there that I had to feed. I was stealing money from people to uh, feed my addictions. I was using women and I got a young girl pregnant. And I'm actually going to share that testimony in a later podcast about how God redeemed that. But so much was caving in in my life personally and I tried more drugs more girls more money more music to make myself happy and I just couldn't every time I got what I wanted it was vanity and just like it says in the book of Ecclesiastes you know Song of Solomon he says vanity of vanities I had all the women in the world all the knowledge of the world I was you know I was a king I had my own servants but at the end of the day vanity of vanities and so that that's how I felt and so I didn't know where else to turn. People would tell me you could experience God, you know, you could hear God's voice, but I never, you know, had, you know, you know, at that point in my life. And so I got in my room with a dusty Bible that my sister gave me in hopes that I would one day read it. I used to smoke weed out of the back pages, but now like now I have this Bible and it's dusty and I'm about to open it up in hopes that maybe God will hear me. Maybe something will take place in my life. And I opened up the word and the, and, and, and the, word on the page like literally the verses were just popping off of the bible pages and going right into my soul i just knew it was god speaking to me and then you know i thought i was alone in the room you know one minute i was supposedly alone and the next minute i literally felt just a tangible like breath of life it was like almost like a blanket a warm blanket was resting on my shoulders it was electric it was the tangible presence of god and all the discouragement all the pain all of the self-loathing just dissipated as I felt the love of my father pour into my heart, his approval, his acceptance. And I heard God speak for the first time. And some of you may ask, like, how? How'd you hear God speak? Was it was it audible? Like, what, what happened? No, it wasn't an audible voice. It didn't happen outside of me, even though it seemed so loud and clear. It was the internal voice of the Spirit of God, and I just knew it was him. But I heard him say, son, I have plans for your life. And in that moment, I went from a drug junkie to a lover of God. I just I just knew that this is what I was born for. And I'm going to say something strange, but I've taken a lot of drugs. I've been high in a lot of ways. But I remember thinking in that moment, this is better than any drug I've ever experienced in my life. This is better than ecstasy. This is what I was born for. Everything else was a counterfeit. It was inferior pleasure, carnal pleasure that the enemy brought into my life to, to keep me distracted from what can be found in Jesus. And I just fell in love. And I left that room 
room wanting to tell my family, my friends, all about the Lord. And I used to hate when people would bombard me with scriptures and tell me about Jesus, but I became that guy. And it was it was hard to wrap my mind around. And life wasn't perfect from that moment on. Yes, there was still fear. There were still struggles. There was still repercussions, debt because of my past actions, you know, a hole that I dug for myself. But at the end of the day, with now his help, his strength, his partnership, when I would feel the pain, when I would feel the fear, when I would feel the pressure and the stress, I would now run to him, open up the word. And every time I opened the word, I expected to hear from him. Every time I came to him in prayer, I expected to feel his presence. That is where my faith was, where my expectancy was, because that's what I knew. And he always met me in that place. Some years after that, I went to the International House of Prayer and there was a move of God that was taking place. And I remember so clearly, I felt the presence of the Lord in in such an electric, powerful way. And I remember almost feeling like I was high, but it was holy. It was pure. It wasn't, you know, depleting. It wasn't, you know, I didn't wake up the next day with a headache. You know what I mean? It wasn't, you know, it was just a pure, it was life. And so anyway, I was at this meeting and I was having, I was having just a wonderful time with the Lord and I heard God speak to me and he said to me, this is what you were made to experience. Drugs and everything that you pursued before you met me was just a counterfeit and the enemy is deceiving people around the world, getting them hooked on drugs, hooked on alcohol, hooked on all these things to, to keep them distracted from me. They have no clue that they could experience true fulfillment, true peace, not peace that the world gives, but kingdom peace and life and pleasure and excitement and joy. They have no clue that they could experience that in me. And he's lied to them saying it's all about religion. It's all about rules. It's all about, you know, God's boring and mundane and he wants to take away all your joy and your excitement in life. And so I want to share with you guys here today that there are ecstatic encounters for you, that God is real. He is tangible. He's not a theory. He's not a concept only. He's not, you know, just a God that, you know, used to be alive and real that we read about in the Bible or a textbook that he will touch you where you are. And sometimes you got to get to the lowest point in your life life or you got to come to a breaking point before you reach out. And I just hope that some of you guys don't need to get to that place. I know your heart is hungry. I know your heart desires more of him. And I'm letting you know that there is no greater pleasure than Jesus, that you could live a life in his presence. And in his presence, there is fullness of joy and there is pleasure forevermore. The grace of Christ, the love of God, a fellowship or a friendship with the Holy Spirit is available to you all. Just like the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. And now when I when I read the Old Testament, I see David, King David, who is the father of King Solomon. And King David, he experienced trials, hardships, pain in his life. He was rejected by family. He was hiding from King Saul in caves and he had to run for his life. He was his life was at risk for a good portion of his of his existence. And so King David knew what it was like to cling to God and he was intimate with the Lord and he wrote such amazing things in the book of Psalms, you know, just saying that like the Lord spoke to him and said, "Seek my face." And he said, "Your face I will seek." And he's the one that wrote at his right hand there's fullness of joy and pleasure forevermore. And so there's just this language of like, I want you more than anything else. And he, you know, he, he, he exemplified this, you know, before his son Solomon. But when David, you know, um, passed on to be with the Lord and Solomon took over, 
He saw his dad's devotion. He probably, you know, he, he heard the songs. He saw the, yeah, he grew up in church, essentially, but he did not develop the same kind of relationship with the Lord that his father had. And that's happening to this day. You can grow up in church. You could be around uh, an ecstatic movement where there's miracles and healings and amazing things taking place, but your heart is not deeply rooted in a relationship with God where you're experiencing this life-giving, you know, fruitful relationship with him. And then Solomon wound up up chasing, you know, uh, he wound up having concubines and tons of wives and he wound up, you know, serving himself. And he said it over and over again in the book of Ecclesiastes. He said, I, you know, had this garden and I, I created this elaborate garden for myself and I had singers and worshipers, you know, for myself and I took women for myself and I acquired knowledge for myself. And you did not find that language in the life of David, but Solomon was just trying to please himself. He was a, he was a hedonist. He was trying to see like, what, what in life can I explore to get this kind of pleasure? And we see Solomon turning his heart away from the Lord, you know, during portions of his life, serving idols and, and, you know, and just worshiping other gods besides the one true God. And then at the end of Ecclesiastes, you hear Solomon say, Hey, um, this is, this is the conclusion I came to all is vanity, all is futile, but obey God and fulfill his commandments, like walk with the Lord. After I've lived my life, now my hair is gray, now I'm older, just walk with the Lord, abide in his commandments, get to know him. This is the purpose of life because there's nothing new under the sun. And so if I'm speaking to you right now and you're saying, yeah, I grew up in church. Yeah, I know God in a shallow way. And you know, I'm on the worship team and, and life's good, but I I don't know God in the way that you are talking about right now. I want to encourage you and say, open up your heart to him right now. Open up your heart to him. He knows what's in your heart before you ever speak it. Like it says in Psalm 139, he knows your thoughts afar off. And so, but the good thing is, you know, he's, he's a relational God. He, he knows what you're thinking, but he loves to hear you verbalize it because he's a father. And so verbalize your thoughts and your feelings to him. Just, Sometimes you got to come to the end of yourself. You got to come to the end of your striving, your trying, your religiosity, and your, you have to come to the end of that. And you have to say, Jesus, here I am. Do what you have to do in my life. I want what Michael Lombardo is talking about. I want an encounter with you. I want to know you in a deep, intimate, relational way. Do whatever you have to do. I need you. And I'm telling you, if that's your heart posture and if that is your prayer, the Lord will take you there. You might not feel goosebumps right away. You might not feel something supernatural right away, but you are on this journey of getting to know him. And I love to hear your testimonies. You know, um, you could email me at lifeportoutintl um, at gmail.com. You could also put reviews on here, letting us know, hey, listen, I was touched by God during this broadcast or, you know, Michael said this and, and this is what's taking place in my life now. I love to hear these kinds of things because it encourages me. That's why I'm doing this podcast. I'm doing this podcast because I want your heart to be awakened to what is your inheritance, what is yours in Jesus. I don't want you to be ripped off. I don't want you to experience only some here and now. There is so much available to you here and now. And so I bless you. May the grace of Jesus be lavished on you. The love of God fill your heart. And may you have a deep, 
intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. May an encounter with the Lord change your life and may it become a lifestyle of encountering God. May it be an everyday, you know, connection of heart to heart communion with him. That is my prayer. That is my desire. And I pray that just chains of addiction would be broken off of your life. If you're struggling with drug addiction, if you're struggling with pornography, if you're struggling with eating disorders, no matter what is taking place in your life, depression, suicidal thoughts, whatever is taking place in your life, I just feel this strongly right now as I'm talking. And I don't, I don't plan this stuff, but in the name of Jesus, we just break the power of addiction. And I just thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit would just flow mightily right now and that you would just touch their heart where they need it, whether it's a sense of rejection, a sense of, you know, being being alone, a sense of inferiority, whether it just be like, you know, you're just kind of someone that has isolated themselves from the church and they're just not in community anymore. Lord, I just pray that they would have revelation right now, understanding right now, wisdom and insight would just come alive in their mind and in their hearts right now. And that they would experience the fullness that you have died for them to experience, Jesus. That they would experience the inheritance that you have for them here and now. Not just heaven one day, but here and now. And I thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name. Well, bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to Awaken Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe here on iTunes as well as, you know, wherever podcasts are listened to. Rate and subscribe and bless you guys and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org lifeportoutintl.org or you can go to destinyimage.com the audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you thank you